Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today's guest, Josh Denny. Um, now, if you recognize that name, it's because Josh Denny is the comedian slash Food Network host uh, that made what some people think is an incendiary uh, and very controversial tweet comparing the term straight white males to the N-word. Josh agreed to come on the Red Pill podcast, I guess, to expound upon his idea and to be challenged on it, which we did throughout this entire podcast. It got very very tense at parts uh, as these conversations do. So, fair warning, this was in parts an uncomfortable conversation, probably for everyone in the room. Not really for me, but it could be for you. So, uh, this is a lot of truth. Listen to it, digest it. Uh, but before we get into it, we got to pay some bills. Support for today's podcast comes from Talkspace. Talkspace is the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. I've talked extensively about my own struggles with anxiety. I'm telling you guys, it helps to be able to talk to somebody. And Talkspace lets you do exactly that. You don't have to commute. You don't have to leave your office or your home. You don't have to rush to squeeze in an appointment. You can do it at your leisure without any judgments. Match with your your perfect therapist today for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Just go to Talkspace backslash P-I-L-L and use the code PILL to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, therapy for how we live. Do you want me? Just kind of like right here. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, I would say clap. But this is a very serious conversation that we're going to have with Josh Denny. Yes. Josh, first of all, tell people, before we tell people why you're here, tell people who you are. Uh, I'm a comedian. Mm -hmm. um, I've been a stand-up for about 11 years now. And uh, most recently, people probably know me from hosting a show on the Food Network called Ginormous Food. Called Ginormous Foods, and that is yeah. about? It's just like, it's like a travelogue food show. So mm -hmm. I would travel the country and... Um, just see what kind of giant food dishes that people would come up with and right. you know comment on them riff with the guests in the restaurant talk to the owners kind of get to know a little bit about them hmm. kind of your normal travel log type food, food network show, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um why are we talking to josh denny today on the river first of all i should say something before we even get started about with that this is interesting because we actually broke this is a milestone for us on the Red Pill Podcast. <laughs> this is the first white guest we've ever had before on the podcast, and it makes sense that you're here for some problematic shit. <laughs> um, tell us what you said to get everybody pissed off, man. Well, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Sure. Because I, I don't think you don't owe that to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think it says a lot about your character to say... Um, I want to be the one to have this conversation. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no problem, man. No problem. Um, but I'm on because I, I made a tweet this weekend that was very incendiary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I compared the phrase, or the way people use the phrase straight white male to the way people use the N-word. Do we have the exact tweet? Does anyone yeah, have the exact tweet? Let's put the exact tweet up. Okay, so the tweet says, yeah. straight white male has become this century's N-word. It's used to offend and diminish the recipient based on assumption and bias. No difference in the usage. Yes. What was the, re the response to that tweet? Well, it wasn't overwhelmingly positive, Van. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I think a lot of people took it as 
the way it hurts people is the same. Mm -hmm. And my tweet was never intended to compare the way it feels for the recipient. Like my tweet was never to be like, it hurts me the way that the N-word hurts people of color, black people. Mm -hmm. um, it was really more about the way it's becoming a, a talking point when we talk about evils in society. And so, you know, ultimately, if I were to un kind of unpack that day, I logged in, I saw the Santa Fe shooting thing, I started reading through, and all of Twitter was just like another straight white male problem, another straight white male problem. And so my reaction to that was, we can't do this. Like, we're, we're repeating past mistakes as a society. And I think about my story growing up of, you know, being in an environment where race was a constant point of discussion and how it was so easy for people to sort of dismiss individuality and to just say, well, that's just something that this group of people does um, for good or, or for bad. And so when I saw that happening with the moniker of straight white man, that was my instant response of like, you know, this isn't, this can't be the story because it's not going to solve anything. And it's not really, it's, it's not really true. It's not true of all white men. And I, I saw it happening during the Me Too movement. I think I'm a little sensitive to it because it's talked about in entertainment a lot mm -hmm. um, as, you know, sh well, we don't need any more straight white male stories, things like that, um, because of the movement of inclusion and progressiveness in, in telling stories in film and TV. And so when you see that and you sort of feel like we're moving in the wrong direction and this isn't progress, it's dividing people more. That's really the, the commentary I was trying to make. Uh, what's been the response to the tweet um, when you say not positive? Uh, negative what what do you mean specifically well I think people took if you look there's there's some pretty consistent arguments with the statement right a lot of people are saying the same thing it's not the same because of the history that comes with the n-word um, and a lot of people have said you know if you can't they use the John Mulaney meme who's a comic I like they say well if you can't say one word and you can say the other word one is obviously way worse, which mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with. But part of the reason why I didn't use the word in the tweet was because there's also this dialogue of white people who thinks it's o or think it's okay to say the N-word, and I didn't want that to become the conversation. I was trying to make the point of we can't just broad brush bad behavior as an entire group of people. It's the same reason we have Islamophobia in this country. It's the same reason why we go, well, you know, if there's a terrorist action, then you start to hear people in the media and, and alt-right people and right-wing people say, well, this is just reflective of Muslim culture. And, and, and that's not true. That's not true of everybody that's a Muslim person. Hmm. And so I, I see these generalizations that I think we're, we're becoming quick to make because we live in a social media society. We like to label things quickly identify them and move on because we don't like to unpack and understand the real story behind people. Hmm. What do you know about the N-word? I mean, I know, I know how it was used in my life growing up and the kind of pain that it caused in my life growing up. Do you know why? Uh, I don't know the question. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. So when you say, because there's a specific, I mean, there's a specific story to how my personal relationship with the word and how it affects me. I mean, we can talk about that if you're interested. Right. In well, well, what I think it's important to understand the outrage before we move on. And the reason why I'll say that is because um, there are two different things uh, that are, to me, a little bit. And I told you via text I didn't agree with the tweet. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are two different things about the tweet that bothered me. Bothered me. Number one is something separate that we'll get to that involves the idea that straight white men in any way are being marginalized in America. That's something we can talk about separately. But the first thing that really bites is the N-word itself. 
there's a reason why the N-word is the heavyweight champion of racial slurs. Um, and it's not a word that's really used to diminish or marginalize people. It's a word that's used to dehumanize people. Mm -hmm. So when this country was founded, there were two types of people that lived in America. There were white human beings that had rights, and then there were niggers that had no rights. That and it's, it's a word invented because we didn't see black people as people, is what you're saying. Precisely. Right. So when, when, when you t use a word... Uh, that when specifically energized by one, one group is dehumanizing, I think to compare that to a label that you don't like, um, which, by the way, if anyone wants to take, uh, if, 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 I, don't, I don't think most black Americans now are enjoy wearing the burden of, of being dehumanized if anyone wants to elect to be dehumanized about how they're being portrayed in, in, in pop culture have at it. But when you take a word like that, that meant the dehumanization that has pain and life and murders and uh, genocide attached to it. Mm -hmm. That's what the N word is. That's mm -hmm. what's anchored to it. That's the that's why it, it hurts. It doesn't hurt because being called an N word means that you get labeled on Twitter or being called an N-word means you don't get into a party or being called an N-word. Being called an N-word means you get murdered, you get lynched, you get all of that. That's what happened to N-words. That's what happened to niggers. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I understand that. And I understand the difference. And, you know, I, I think the last sentence in that tweet where I say that there's no difference in the usage is, is part of what really bit for people because right. it ties into what you're saying. And, and if you remember, I saw like uh, on on... Uh, the thread at one point I said, you know, if I if I go back through that's the part that I regret the most because it does it Very easily let people believe that I don't understand that hmm. and I do understand that I do understand that there If you is understand that. that then how could you make the corollary? Well, I think it was impulsive. I think it was an impulsive thing to draw it together and, and mm -hmm. you know as a comedian my style has always been to start with an extreme and to sort of unpack. And, and I, I'm not a guy who does comedy to try to tell people what to think. Mm. I'm a guy who does comedy to try to challenge the way we think. And part of the problem with my process of how I work out ideas is <clears throat> I generally start with the most extreme notion in my head and sort of unpack and say, okay, how, then how can I make this more relatable? Mm. The problem with Twitter is that's, that's where it's different from stand-up comedy. So even though I tried to unpack it in the thread, mm -hmm. the initial statement is still there, and I think a lot of people just reacted to the initial statement yeah. and didn't care to dive deeper. And you know, I understand if they don't think it deserved diving deeper. Mm -hmm. I get that. But you know, it wasn't my intention for that to be the comparison. Um, I see how I totally take responsibility for it becoming that and understand why people take it that way, mm. and particularly why people of color and black people take it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it partly, partly become partly a part of the reason why it it becomes that way is because of the historical inaccuracy of the tweet itself to to me personally. And then secondly, well, how do you mean the historical inaccuracy? It's just not true. Okay, like it, it the, the 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 to say that it it straight white men would have to would have to have suffered all of those things for those words to be to mean the same thing. Okay. Um. Now there's there are many different. Uh, racial slurs about black people that you could choose from. There's sure. a plethora of them. Sure, but that one in particular, uh, we'd have, we we need a, a couple hundred years of of straight white men getting strung up and getting taken from their families yes. for the words to really, or just for the words to mean to mean the same thing. Now I'll come to something else. How exactly do you feel like? Do you feel like there's an act of war against straight white men 
do you feel like there's a there's an active um so there's a there's a there's a sort of a, a movement or a momentum to depower or marginalize straight white men in America. Well, I think it's not it's not about taking power away. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's about dismissing our participation in the solution. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that I feel as a, as a white dude is that um, it's not my place to participate in the solution because I represent a group of people that have long been too much of the problem. Why do you feel that way? Well, it's what I'm told. It's mm-hmm. what I'm told. Anytime I were to weigh in, you know, and another interesting thing is if you go through my Twitter, you can find a lot of things where I'm critical of white people or systemic oppression or, mm-hmm. you know, I made a tweet when there was that the cops killed that dog in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I made a, a, a tweet about that saying, like, the hypocrisy where if, if the cops shoot an unarmed black person... Mm-hmm. The white people in America, the white media in America go, well, we need to understand the cop's side. And if we shoot a dog, white people go, oh, the horror, the outrage, this cop needs to be brought up on charges. It's, it's an insane, it's an insane double standard. And, and, and to me, it represented that we still view black people as less than human. The mm-hmm. fact that we could value a dog more than a person is, is an atrocity to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody pulled that tweet up because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative of me de- being the David Duke of the weekend, right? So nobody wants to see the dichotomy of that. And, and I can just tell you, and I'm talking more in terms of online, I'm talking more in terms of the, the bigger conversation that we have as a society that's happening online right now. And I feel like any time I've ever tried to weigh in or say, you know, hey, this is, this is a, a, a proactive solution that I think could be helpful. People just go like, yeah, but we don't care because of the messenger. I don't care because you're a straight white man and you can't understand that. Now, I would never say that Josh... Um, that's untrue. You think so? I, I, I'm not saying that your feeling is untrue. I'm saying that... But I'm talking about my personal experience. I, I, I know. I, I, marginalized people, and minorities, women, um, are begging for allies from your community. They're begging for, for, for allies. I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree, Ben. They, they are outwardly saying... Like they were outwardly saying, women are saying that it, the Me Too movement is important, but one way to advance the Me Too movement is for men to hold other men accountable. Agreed. Like black people are saying, listen, uh, Dr. King says, and in, in Justice Anywhere is a, is a threat on justice for everyone. Right? I agree with that. So, and, so that, and that was kind of, the quotes like that are the ones I was referencing when I referenced Dr. King. Right, but these are people. Work. But these are people that are starving for allies. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's it, it. I think that's I think that's what's being said. But I think a very interesting point to bring up is why wasn't Terry Crews or why wasn't Anthony Rapp invited to the Oscars? Why weren't they invited to present or to speak? Hmm. I think because we decided that that was a, a women's a, a woman's statement, a woman's place to make. Well, but did, those guys are victims of sexual assault as well. Well, it's definitely a woman's statement to make. Sure. Okay. So Terry Crews and Anthony Rapp are very very important guys because they show um, that these things. Uh, in many cases are genderless and using your power to abuse people sexually is a problem doesn't take away from the fact that it ma- the majority of these cases happen to women and women invoking their power uh, is important. What I'm speaking specifically to is whether or not women and black people would enjoy women and minorities mm-hmm. would enjoy the help of white Americans, straight white males mm-hmm. in these uh, these different fights, and I'm telling you, as a black man, the answer is without a doubt, yes. Well, it pleases me to hear that. It pleases me to hear that, and I, I really hope that's true. I can tell you that I I don't think 
I don't think a lot of, I, I think we have the alt-right and I think we got Donald Trump because a lot of white people don't feel that way. A lot of white people feel like, well, because there are these long-term systems of oppression, if there's a relatable level, if there's a level that I can relate to a person of color on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's a relatability. And to me, finding the common ground is how we work together to do things. And mm -hmm. so for me to say, listen, growing up in an environment where I, I was the son in an interracial relationship in a time where that was a very frowned upon thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell a little bit of my story. So my, my parents divorced when I was about seven years old. And from the age of, of about like nine to 11, uh, my mom uh, dated a black guy from the South, a dude named James Briscoe. A and he was a gentleman that in a lot of ways, like just broke the stereotype. And I didn't really understand the concept of racism um, at that age. Broke what stereotype? Well, the stereotypes my father taught me growing up. Which were? Negative, all negative. Mm -hmm. Lazy, not hardworking, um, you know, not good fathers, you know, horrible racist things. And So your dad taught you that at an early age? No, he didn't, those, those discussions never came up until my mom started dating James. All right. And, and then I remember hearing that and going, okay, and then spending time with James and James taking a very active role in my life and not being any of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking, well, my dad's never met this person. He doesn't know this guy and all of these things are untrue. So why is that? And why do you hate somebody because of something they can't control, which is the color of their skin? So when I say like the pain that I relate to is, is understanding that there's a lot of pain to be judged by something you can't control. That's hmm. something you didn't pick, you didn't change, or you couldn't change. And I, I, I remember that being sort of a catalyst in the way I think. I remember that being something for me at a young age of going like, well, we need to explore this then. Uh, you can't take people's word for what a group of people are because, you know, he ended up being the most influential man that my mother had in her life, uh, aside from my father. For many reasons, he helped me discover my love of comedy, which came from watching, mm. you know, like Martin Lawrence and uh, Comic View and stuff and, and showed me a whole side of black comedy I didn't understand or never been exposed to. Like mm -hmm. the only black comedy I had been exposed to was like Sinbad mm -hmm. up till that point. But I can tell the story of, of walking through the mall in Dover, Delaware with him and my mom and remembering that the, the anger and the resentment came from both groups of people. There were white people saying the N-word you know, uh, and calling my mother a nigger lover and saying, you know, horrible, tragic things. And then I also remember hatred coming from black people, too, because they were saying he was betraying his race. And, and I heard I heard members of his family saying it in his kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is a guy that's not he is in no way obligated to step in and try to be my father. Mm -hmm. But he took it upon himself to to try to like look that that stereotype in the eye knew my father's point of views and thought instead of instead of hate this young boy because of where he could go or w how he's being influenced or has the potential to be influenced he took it upon himself to make sure i wasn't influenced that way mm -hmm. and when i say he broke the stereotypes it's not just in that it's like he he didn't he was like corny he didn't listen to hip-hop he listened to like pearl jam and classic rock and you know i'm talking about even benign stereotypes um but, you know, he, he was a great father to his son. He was a hardworking guy. He refuted all the, the negative things, both benign and malicious, that I was Do you understand to how wild it is that you even have those ideas in your head about a black man? Like, you're like... Well, those aren't my ideas. I'm, I'm I, telling I get you. It. I, I get it. But that was just a guy. Okay. Yeah. And if you met 10 guys 
you might get ten different guys, right? You sure. Might, you might get three guys that were, well, were terrible, and you might get four guys that were cool, and like you might. There's that 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 guy. The fact that that guy, in any way, broke anything, is precisely what we're talking about. Like the fact that you don't think that's cherry picking though. Like I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying not to, cherry picking at all. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to give you a point where I, I no, feel I'm, like I can relate. No, I'm listen. I'm telling you right now that these issues sometimes are a little bit deeper ingrained than we think they are. Okay. This has nothing to do specifically with you. It um, because first of all, if we run, if if we if we rewind back a second, black people or minorities not wanting white allies or not wanting white people to be involved in a solution in America has nothing to do with why the alt-right is, the, or, or why Donald Trump is elected. That happened because they were given a very clear-cut enemy for struggle of the future of America. They which were, was who? Which was minorities. Okay. So, so even if we, they're minorities, Mexicans who are gonna steal your job, who are gonna come across the border and rape your, rape your people, black people who are going to kick in your door and, 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 and take all your things. Uh, uh, with the, the ascension of Obama and sort of a movement of progressive and liberal people that, by the way, was all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Plenty of white people that sure. loved and supported that entire deal, right? With, you're talking about with Obama? With Obama, with the way that yeah. the country was going I, on. I was that. one of them, by the way. And, and this isn't like, a, I have a I black know. friend. I voted <laughs> right. for Obama. The whole scene from Gal. Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, but but uh, plenty of them. What they were told was, listen, these people are making America into a version of America that no longer includes you. Okay. Not that these people, not that these are a group of people who don't want you to work with, who don't want to work with you, uh, work with you to solve problems. Mm-hmm. That, no one got sold that bill of goods. That got sold as your ceding power to this group of people, which is a group of people that includes LGBT people. It includes uh, blacks, women, all of this. You're going you're gonna to lose to them. If you don't make America great again, so I had nothing to do with inclusion uh, from, from minorities to white people. Can I ask you in a terms question of getting about them that? To, get, getting them to work together? Sure, go for it. That where does that where does that come from? Is is that come from any conversations you've had with people that identify as alt right? Yeah, it it comes from the fact that there are people that I know for a fact that have said that they identify America as their country mm-hmm. and they identify when when when. Do so, you think that's everyone? No. Not at all. But don't you think that that's also kind of part of the problem is when we say things like all of the alt-right is this. All of black well, people I think, are this. I think that the alt- I think Because the, there is nuance to it. There's, there's nuance, but I think that the alt-right- I think there are people that lean alt-right that don't have this fear that they're losing their country. Well, I They think, have this fear that the future of their country doesn't involve them. Well, well, why would they think that? I don't know. They're not, but, but see, but I'm but telling see, you, but I'm telling you, my point is that the reason why they think that is because they think in order for me to be more of an American, they have to be less of an American. If no one's telling I them, I don't believe that's true. No, no one's telling people from the alt right, no one's telling them that they're not invited to America. A- that's absolutely not true, what, Van. What, what, we, what we are saying is that we are now invited and we will invoke that invitation no one's saying you the reason why you to, to re, the reason why you feel like somebody might be telling you that you're not invited the reason why you feel like that is because maybe for the first time there's somebody to hold you accountable for the things that your part of the country is doing right. because the rest of us have been held accountable forever i've been held accountable for things that black guys have done and told to work out problems 
I've, I've never been arrested. I've never been any of that stuff, right? right? I've been told to work out problems and do stuff like that. I've never had anything to do with it. And do you think that's fair to no. hold you to that standard? No. And that's all I'm saying. It's the same thing for me. It's not fair to hold me to the standard of oppressive, wealthy, white, that, that class of people. I'm not that class of At people. At the same time, you are empowered in this country in a way that I am not. And because of that, if you want a little, if you want a better America, it might behoove you to do a little heavy lifting as well. I agree. So then what's the problem? I don't think I'm being viewed that way. And I also don't think I have, I, I don't know that I have that power. You only know that you have what power? The power to be part of uh, the, this elite white class that do you can deny change your, do, things. Do you deny that, you're, that you have privilege in America? No. Okay, so then. I don't deny I have privilege. Okay. But I, I definitely think there are varying degrees of privilege. You know, great example. Without doubt. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. I think I'm on the low end of white privilege. And I think, I think when we start to use terms like white privilege mm -hmm. that I don't deny, we broad brush that to say that it's almost all the same. It's very black and white discussion. People either have white privilege or they don't. But there are varying degrees of white privilege. Like if you look at the people that I think are great voices, great white voices in comedy right now, John Mulaney, Bo Burnham, right? And they oftentimes satirize white privilege. I get it. But they're also wealthy white dudes who went to college. I'm not a wealthy white dude who went to college. Mm -hmm. I come from generations and generations of impoverished white dudes mm -hmm. who just literally humped it out every day at a job for their lives and, and they get to a point and then they die. And they don't really contribute anything to society. And so I don't feel like I come from a lineage of people in a position of power and I don't ever think it's my place to bestow opportunity on other people from the perspective that I have it. Now, I've definitely made it an agenda of mine to try to do that for people. Mm -hmm. I've, in, the, in the businesses that I've worked in and in the positions I've held as an executive and the things I worked my way up to do, I tried to make sure that people of color, black people, Latino people, women, had equal opportunity to come up through the ranks and to achieve their dreams and their goals. That's mm -hmm. always been something that's been important to me because I didn't want to become a white person in a position of power that didn't lean out and help, help people. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all... And another example I can give you is uh, there are times in my life where systems of white oppression have made me a victim of trying to do that. I think I we shared, talked about this. I yeah. shared a story with you about yeah. the fact that I had been recruit, heavily recruited by a company, brought in, and about 90 days in, I found out they were denying benefits to their workforce and predominantly taking advantage of a language barrier to where the, the employees didn't understand their rights because the company chose not to explain it to mm -hmm. them and denied them benefits. And when I raised that up the flagpole and said, guys, we got an issue here and this is not okay. A week later I was fired mm -hmm. and they said, uh, it was related to comedy. It was related to that being a conflict of interest for the business, even though that was discussed and vetted at the point I was hired mm -hmm. and talked about constantly for the 90 days I was there. So I ended up filing legal action against that company and that got settled and that it moved along. But right. so there, there is this, uh, I come from a place of somebody who has historically uh, tried to be an ally. And there have been very distinct moments where I have articulated that and tried to talk that through with people of color online. And they say, but yeah, but it still doesn't matter. It still doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? What I've done or what I've experienced or the doesn't things matter, I've tried to help. It doesn't matter to what, though? It doesn't matter to the greater cause because I'm a white person. Okay. So anyone who told you that is wrong. I agree. Okay? So, so, so here's But that doesn't mean they didn't say it. But it doesn't no, mean it's not a sentiment. No, no, no. It, what it means is that if someone told you, and I'm trying to get you, they said that... What your work 
for the greater good doesn't matter in terms of what though like you you're not helping anything like like you serve no purpose like what doesn't matter in what way well maybe that they think it's not enough hmm. okay so so my, so my perspective is well if 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 one action is not enough if we tell one person who's trying to do the right thing, who's trying to help and be helpful in whatever way that they can, that it's not enough or it's not the right help or it's not attending to the right needs, how do we get more people to want to help? Can I ask you a question? Why would you think that it would be incumbent upon a minority to make a white guy feel like he was doing enough for them? I, don't, I didn't say that. I know, but what I'm but saying is- I don't think is, it is. I know. So then either do it or don't. Yeah. Okay? If, if, you're, if you're doing something for the right reasons- and you're and if you it, first of all, Josh, you're under no obligation at all, at all to be anyone's ally. I disagree. OK, well, this let, let me tell you, I'm going to give you my POV. On, sure. P, POV. On it. Yeah. You're under no obligation to be everyone's ally. If you go out for the rest of your life and you live as a cognizant person, as a person who is aware and you do ex, and you and you live as a good guy, a good man. You don't hold anybody back. If you were just to live your life and not impede anyone and not marginalize anybody, for most people, that would be enough. Now, what, what, what happens is, for most people that I know, I'm speaking to my, the, the, the group of people that I know, the people that are trying to move but forward. But don't you think that's a little bit of just saying, get out of our way? Well, to be honest with you. That's not asking for help. That's the, not asking well, I don't, to participate. Well, the black people I don't, that I know, we don't, we don't need your help. Okay. But, what, but what we do need more than anything is for you to not be in the way. Okay. And the problem Do you with, not see how that's not an inclusive statement? No, the, no, no, no. It's upon you if you want to be included. Okay. But if you decide- Do, do you think that's how it feels? No. When you say that, do you think that's what I, I hear? I'm, I'm telling you one thing. I'm not considering your feelings because we're fighting for our lives over here. Okay. So what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is like we're, we're moving forward and there are tons of people, tons of people of all different colors and shades that are, that are doing it. And they're not doing it so that they can feel a part of something. They're doing it because it's right. Now, I'm not saying but that's that, not me doing it. I wasn't doing it to be a part of something. I know. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is that if you talk to someone, right, and they make you feel like whatever you're doing is not enough, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to make you feel okay with doing the right thing. If, if you're doing the right and it's, thing. And it's also not your place. I mean, you just said that. It's not your place to make me feel like I'm doing enough right. to so, care about my feelings. Right. But, so, but my point is that it, it also doesn't present that kind of discussion, doesn't present to the person that you're talking to that you see them as part of the solution. Like, what, what is your view for the perfect future in this country? My view for the perfect future is a future to where we have as close to what's promised to us in America as possible. Which is what? Which is uh, where a, a system of laws where there's equal justice, where there's equal protection under the law, where we have uh, multiple systems that can work as one in America. Meaning some systems won't work. Is it, there's, a, there's a possibility that the system that we claim right now um, that black Americans won't be able to access that system because of entrenched bias in America. There's a possibility that that's a fact and we can't run from that. Mm -hmm. However, there should be multiple systems. Black Americans should be able to allow, allow to have, or not allow, black Americans should form an economic and social system that can integrate and interweave with other ones, right? I agree. Because if you come from a place of power, a place of your own uh, uh, sort of assertiveness, then people will be more willing to work with you. Okay, mm -hmm. 
Um, now, in the past, we've had those. We've had we've had communities that have tried to build them, um, and in some ways, they've been either systemically overthrown or sometimes like Black Wall Street and Tulsa, you go in there and you kill up all the black people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- that's the only thing that I'm saying. The only thing that 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 black people or the, the people that I know would want from white people is just to not stop that from coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, that has been the problem. There's a there's a belief that in the past black people haven't or, or any marginalized group that they haven't wanted freedom, they haven't worked for freedom, they haven't attempted freedom. They have. And what's happened is systemically things have been done to keep them from attaining that. Sure. Okay. That goes away. If that goes away, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as guys like you who say that you want to be a, a, a part of doing uh, of doing good, Josh, you got to do that for yourself. Because if you because if you come to a specific place, if you come to a specific juncture, right, and someone says, "Yo, you're not doing enough. You're white. You're this. You're that." Of course, you're going to be disillusioned. But if you're doing it because you really want to see a better of America, because remember in these hoods where these guys are dying, where these guys are are, are, are are messing up, those are lawyers, those are doctors, those might be people that are like that that could cure cancer. We're losing a lot of good American citizens uh, to marginalization. Sure, we are. So if you're working for that, then you got to work for that for you. You can't do it for for anybody else. You yeah. can't do it for that community. And I don't, I don't disagree. Right. I, I don't disagree. And I don't think you should. I don't also don't think anybody. Ch- should do anything charitable or anything that's not self-serving mm-hmm. for anything other than that. Sure. Like, you know, any act that you do in service of yourself is not an act for others. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But the way that you the way that you sort of address that and the way that you you talked about a future is again, you you made it like get out of the way white people and don't stop us from that doesn't sound like your idea of the perfect future is all of us working in harmony together to make sure that there is this equality and there aren't systemic oppressive things in the way. It sounds like something you're saying, get out of the way white people, we'll fix it and just don't continue to obstruct. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the last part is true. I'm saying we can all work together, but the one thing that you have to do more than anything is allow us to work. Okay. And when I even say allow, to be honest with you, I even use that word a little sparingly because we're going to get this work done no matter what. Okay. So when I'm saying, when I say get out of the way, all I'm saying is, I'm saying if you, if you don't feel that it's your job and your goal to work, because I think past generations of marginalized people or minorities have thought that uh, the best way to get to where you needed in America was to appeal to people that might have more power than you that they're not doing enough for you. Right. I don't think that that works. I think that the best way to do that is to build coalitions and go and get it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing that you can do in case someone is doing when somebody is doing something like that is actively try to stop them. You can help and that would be awesome. And there are white people who are helping. Shout out to Sam White. Shout out to a bunch of other white people out there that are marching and helping and being allies. But if you do that, anyone that does that, even black people who go out, like Dr. Martin Luther King, when he passed away at the time during the 60s, he wasn't nearly as overwhelmingly and across the board beloved as he is right now. Mm-hmm. Anyone that struggles for good and a common and, and uh, good and, and social justice, black or white, red or green, is going to be met with a lot of animus from a lot of people. And to be honest, uh, I think that's why you, you have to have the bravery to start the conversation, even if it's 
unpleasant or if it's ugly or if it doesn't go the way you intend, like what mm -hmm. happened with me on Twitter. Um, you have to be you have to be willing to take those lumps and to take those hits and to say that's part of the deal. That's that comes with the territory. Hmm. And I'm not I'm not a perfect person. Nowhere in any bio have I ever written that I'm I'm going to be perfect every time and say things perfectly every time. But when I come from a place that I think is well intended, I'm unapologetic about that. And mm -hmm. and even if it's even if it's shocking or even if it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. And and I have a separate ideology when it comes to how easily we're offended by language in this country. Mm -hmm. I think we let language allow us to stop having conversations and we just go, well, you use the buzzword. It's kind of like if you call customer service and you're angry and you curse and they go, well, we're done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that the, the problem has been solved. It's just a way to dismiss the conversation. But I don't, that's a separate Separate topic. You can if you if you feel like that's part of no, what no, happened to you. It is yeah. absolutely. And, well, it's part of the other side, with the, which was the piling on of. Well, here's examples where you have used the word, and here's examples where you you think it's okay to make fun of this group of people or that group of people. My philosophy on comedy is that it's okay to make fun of every group of people. It's either all okay or none of it's okay. Um, and I and I definitely from growing up. Uh, the way that I did and the experience I've had in my life, uh, I have a war on language, a war on this idea of uh, we, we can't be so sensitive to be triggered by language in art. I mean, a great example would be um, Django, right? If we just simply said, well, the count of the use of the N-word by a white director and a white writer is too high, it's offensive, we would have missed that story. We would have, <laughs> we would have just dismissed it, right? A lot of people did. A lot it's of so, people it's said, so funny that you brought that up. Sure. Because... Tarantino's use of the N-word in Django is a symptom. It's not like, it's a symptom of a greater problem with his, which is that he's used that word in all of his movies. All of them. So, but Quentin Tarantino is not dragged out in front of Twitter this sure weekend. Sure he is. Some, by some people he is. Is but, his career but, over? No, no, he's doing, you know, he, he's, doing doing, he's doing fine. But what I'm saying is, he has a fetish with that word. Mm -hmm. So even to use that word, sure, that word is... Is uh, but probably needed in that. But the nuance in that debate is Jackie Brown, uh, Pulp Fiction, all of these movies that that take place across various times. Mm -hmm. If there's a black person in a Quentin Tarantino movie, they are described as an N word. Mm -hmm. So the the that puts into perspective sort of the the tightrope that you walk when you are a black American. Is the word is the word Django is the word is the N word in in Django because it's appropriate for the setting, or does Quentin Tarantino derive some sort of sick pleasure at hearing that word? Well, we don't know, but well, it's probably a little bit of both. It, but and if it's a little bit of both, it's okay to address it. Okay, and you should be able to address it sure. without thinking that you're going to hurt his feelings. And, and I don't disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should ever be given carte blanche to it's sort of like the freedom of speech argument sure freedom of speech doesn't come without freedom of consequence All right right so he can do that he's gonna face it doesn't also doesn't mean that someone can't speak back to you absolutely not right. absolutely not and by the way in all of the art i've ever made where i've ever used provocative language or I've, and sometimes i'm just being silly and stupid like twitter twitter for me evolved over the years from being Here's 500 of my closest friends and comedians, mm -hmm. and here's us spitballing ideas back and forth and stupid shit. Yeah. You know, and it sort of becomes like a, a closed message board. You know, Twitter was around a time where um, it was like this new thing. It didn't have features of we're sharing articles and we're sharing content. It was really like closed loop. People that follow me see what I tweet. 
people that I follow, I see what they tweet. And so, you know, comics like myself and the ones that I circle with, we have dark senses of humor. We're, we're fucked up people. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that we might share back and forth might not necessarily be something you, I would... You're basically, you're talking about this because people not, brought up your old tweets. Yes. And the things we would share back and forth, the things that we might think are funny amongst ourselves are not something I would take to stage or whatever. And um, Do you understand how that's problematic? What do you mean? All right, all right. All right. Uh, let's let's take a break from this tense conversation. Take a break real quick uh, to pay some bills. Don't forget today's podcast is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer, the internet connection, or the Talkspace mobile app. Take your mental health very seriously. It's important to talk to people if you're dealing with stuff. Um, and nothing is better than actually talking to someone who can give you feedback uh, about the space that you're in. Talkspace provides you with the opportunity to do just that. Therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical, everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com backslash pill. Use the code pill to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's code pill and Talkspace.com backslash pill. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Do you understand how that's problematic? What do you mean? You're saying that you and your friends laugh at stuff that you wouldn't repeat if the rest of us were around. Well, who's the rest of us? Everyone who could listen. Okay, but, do you, but are you describing people of color? Because people of color are part of this conversation. Okay, yeah. All people. Right. So, so if I'm making gay jokes with gay friends of mine or black jokes with black friends of mine that are comedians, why is that not okay? It's, it, it's completely okay. Sure. But for me, and this is a tad bit, okay. So everyone knows that we talk to friends differently than what we, we, we talk. Sure. To. But if you put something out on a public forum, you're accountable for it. Absolutely. And all I'm saying is when it was done, it wasn't done with the idea that Twitter would eventually be this thing that would have this visibility. I also never thought I would be famous. Josh, you can't throw a brick and hide your hand, man. You can't. You can't throw a brick and hide your hand. Well, I think that's a clever anecdote. If you, but if, you if you put I'm something on, if you put if you dog, the only thing you can do is say I'm sorry. That's it. But I'm not. Well, then you're not. I'm not. Then you got to own it. Be- because I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking through the process because you would go, well, why would you do that? So if you it can't say so you're, you're, not, you're not apologizing, but you're not owning it at the same time. No, I take responsibility for it. Okay. I, I said those things. Okay. I said those things. And specifically, I, what tweets are you talking about? I'm talking about any tweets where I use the word nigger, any tweets where I made fun of any group of people. Because you not use the word because it's very, it's, it's a little unnerving. So we have some. Okay, I'm, so, I'm well. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not good. using. I'm not using it. Uh, yeah, we we have some of the tweets. Okay. Um, it says the original name of Instagram was the line of thirsty ass niggas starts below the picture of girls, but they had to shorten it. Um, hey Chinese girl, could you at the pool please close your legs? No one wants to see your slanty pussy. Okay. Uh, um, are all the are black people just the Holocaust Jews that survived all of it? Yeah, um, these are dark jokes. They are dark. They are they're they, dark they, jokes. They are they are do very you, dark. Do you think nobody enjoys dark comedy, or do, and do you think that anybody that does enjoy dark comedy that it's indicative of a deeper evil? No, not necessarily. Okay. But I did, did. I mean, to be honest with you, I think if you went through everybody's text messages, you would find some dark comedy on there, probably. Absolutely. Um, but what I will say is, you tweeted that. Yeah. Okay. And this is a big problem that people have sometimes with white America. You said it. 
like I get to walk down. I, I live in an America where I walk down the street. Okay, I've never been arrested, been handcuffed four times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I live in an America where I walk down the street, someone makes a snap, snap judgment. Now I'm in a situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you live in an America where you say something, and then you give a million different reasons as to why what you said just isn't that bad. And those tweets are pretty vile. And if you don't want to apologize for them, you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But you only have one other choice, and that other choice is to own them. I said what I said. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think when you say own it, I don't own it in the guise of I'm a racist person and these are my racist ideas. Why is this in your head? Because I think it's a funny thing if somebody were to think these things. Hmm. Because I think it is, a lot of times when I think of what, I I ran a show at a comedy club in LA for a long time called The Darkest Hour. Mm -hmm. It was the idea of let's expunge all of the worst things we've ever thought. The most horrific ideas for comedy that we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Whether that comes from personal tragedy or just comes from, oh my God, how horrible would it be if somebody said this? Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely a person that that thinks those things. I think everybody thinks those things. Dude, I do not disagree. Right. One place we're going to agree is me and my homeboys have a group chat. Say horrible and, shit and, to and, each and, other. And, and every, not even just about, about other, and every and on the group chat, the people in this group chat know who they are. Um, on this group chat, we say all kinds of things. Right. If you are putting something out and you're going to stand by it publicly, publicly, you're a very articulate guy. You're smart. You, you got to know that you're boxing yourself in. You gotta know that you can't put something out and go, yo, I was working out a joke. Because once again, all of the things that you discuss in this, there's like, like there's feelings and actual pain that live on the other side of that. Like, But there can be with any joke. Like with rape jokes, there can be that thing. I mean, there you, was a do, rape do, you, do you think that rape jokes are appropriate to be making? I think any joke is appropriate to make. Then own it. I, I did not own it. Right. So, so I did the, not own it. So then... No, and, I do, and I don't apologize for anything I've so, said so in then, terms of so, jokes. So then don't make, so don't talk about how small Twitter was. That's fine. But I don't, and I also don't just talk, don't want to. Don't talk about how you were working something out with your friends. But I also don't want to conflate, was. but I don't also don't want to conflate because this is what happened this weekend. We conflate comedy with the intentions of the initial statement, which drew all the ire about what I was talking about. Once again. So when I'm making, well, no, because there's nuance in you as a human being. Sure. If you're having a conversation about one subject and somebody says, well, in this other conversation about this other subject, you said this. It's a symptom. Same thing you brought up with the Quentin Tarantino thing. You you took Quentin Tarantino and you said Django, they use the N-word a lot in the Mm -hmm. movie, right? And we, well, you, what are you saying when you say a symptom? You're saying so it's a I, symptom when, of a fetish that no, he no. has? No, well, no. I'm saying it's a symptom of a mindset that he has. So when you when you say that in 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 Django they use the N word all the time, we went out, might not have the art because of Django. I'm saying it's interesting that you would bring that up because that word to Quentin Tarantino since Reservoir Dogs, which is another movie that I left out. That word is a symptom of how he thinks. Sure, it's not a, it's not in and of itself. It's not like Quentin Tarantino made. A, a bunch of different movies and then in this film the n-word was in it 180 times so then he goes yo just let you know this movie took place uh in, in 1863 in that case and in in other cases the usage of the word is a symptom of a mindset that he has okay so when you put out a tweet like That's the understood. one that you a tweet like the one that you did and then people go back and they see other tweets that are either off color or downright offensive what they'll then say is hmm 
is this guy a comedian? Is he someone who's standing up for his feelings of being marginalized as a white guy? Or never said that. Is 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 um is this something that's a little bit deeper ingrained? And that's a fair question to ask. Absolutely, I think it's a fair question to ask. And I'm telling you, it's not. Uh, if there's an obsession I have with language, it's that I think, I think we have to overcome being so triggered by language. Mm. I think I think we cannot let words stop us from talking to each other. But that's what you do. You I say do? you say you let words stop you from acting. You say that I didn't say that. Well, you well. Let me go back. No, 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 no. You seem to you seem to insinuate that. Ins- I think we're going into an America where that is going to be the case. Well, we, well you so said on it- one hand, I Van, on one hand, I'm talking about what I think is causal for why we need to fight language. Sure. So one side is me fighting language, and the other side of me is saying this is what happens if we lose the fight on language. We start to pick new groups to marginalize, and I'm not saying I I never said I feel marginalized. I never said I feel this. You intimated it, though. I think it's easy for people to say that, Mm -hmm. and I think it's fair for people to say that Mm -hmm. because of what the power is attached to the comparison, Mm -hmm. okay? But I'm telling you, I honestly don't feel that in my heart. There have been times in my life where in my professional career, I've, told, I've been told, you're not getting this job because we don't have a spot for a straight white man. Mm-hmm. I did a Def Jam audition in 2007. I was the only white comic on the lineup, mm-hmm. had a phenomenal set buried in the lineup, mm-hmm. and Bob Sumner told me, listen, it's the last season of Def Jam. We're just not going to have an unknown white comic on the last season of Def Jam. Not, uh, last season of Def Jam. And I mm-hmm. said, I understand that mm-hmm. because of what Def Jam meant to me growing up. Sure. Def Jam meant to me it was it was the place for black comedic voices to like to grow to and, pop and, and like, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. and to and to no, bring people doubt. up and listen and that I comic view and I understood at that time like there are plenty of other avenues for me comedically that didn't mean I wanted it less I came up in all black comedy clubs all the comedians I toured with in the beginning were all black comics guys like Kevin Kraft guys like Chris Shaw guys like Adrian Washington Jermondo Jones uh, and these are a lot of unknown guys that nobody knows about sure. And a lot of these ideas and principles of comedy were forged on the road with these cats, like guys that I came up with and saying, look, these are my ideas. These are my thoughts. These are my feelings. How can I best represent them? And we would work things out and we would go back and forth. Yes, you did. Yes. And and we talked at great length about should it be used? And and my belief was always it should only be used if it services the point. And, Mm -hmm. And here's what I'll here's what I'll use. Like if you listen to my album, there's a joke in there where I talk about how my father made a racist joke to me and my girlfriend. He mm-hmm. said, uh, at least your girlfriend's only sand nigger and not all the way nigger. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know the joke makes you uncomfortable, but I'm trying to point, or the word, me using the word makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, okay, but I'm just telling you, um, the reason why the language is important to this joke is because it is uncomfortable. And the punchline of the joke is, I go, no, dad, like, sand nigger is way Let me worse. ask you a question. Oh, you're not listening. I am listening. Okay. Why would you say that again if I told you that it made me uncomfortable? I'm, I'm telling you the full joke. Right. I, I'm, because it's in the joke. I'm quoting the joke. I know. Josh. Van, I'm trying to make a point about I, I, language. I know. And, jo- and I, know, I know. Josh, just chill, dog. Okay. Thank you. But listen to me. So I'm using the, jo- the word in that joke because of how uncomfortable that statement made me. Mm-hmm. If I don't use that word in the joke, it doesn't transport the person in the audience to that place of discomfort. Okay. And so, and so in terms of when the word has ever been used in my art, mm-hmm. it's because I believe it services whatever the topic is. Okay. I'm going to remain unbelievably calm here. Um, and, and listen, I'm not trying to, wait, wait I'm not trying to be wait, aggressive. Wait, 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 I'm going to remain unbelievably calm here. 
couple things. Language is a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So a hammer. Hammer drives nails. Hammer can also kill someone. Depends on who's using the cam- hammer, how the hammer is used. Okay. Uh, so the N-word um, by wielded with someone else is a tool to convey something. It's a tool to convey all kinds of different things, for better or for worse. I think mm-hmm. we need to drop it, but for better or for worse. When used by other people, it's a deadly weapon. It's a deadly weapon emotionally. It's been a deadly weapon literally. Um, what just happened a second ago, and I'm a 38-year-old, very in touch with his emotions and feelings. Man, I asked you not to say the N-word. And you thought that your point of view on a joke or your thing was so important that you said it anyway. Now, let me tell you why that's, a, why that's very important. That's very important because one thing that's going to be key to minorities and women and, and, and different people getting along and building the America that you say you want to build is people understanding one another. Mm-hmm. No one can speak to my experience as a black man better than I can. The only way you're going to get that is if you listen to me. If what you're saying is so important to you, which is how black people have been treated in America, at least from my estimation, if what you're saying is so important to you, you want to you you're you're you want to transport me to a place of uncomfortability. I told you I didn't want to go. I told you I didn't want to go. I told you I said, listen, for me, that's a bit much. We have to. Between one another make small little treaties in order to build that trust, in order to build a trust that's gonna take us to a place where we wanna go. What happens now is when you say, this is my art, this is my deal, that's fine, that's cool. But any consequence that comes with that, just bite down on it. Mm -hmm. Your tweet, I felt like you probably weren't trying to be disrespectful or marginalizing or belittling but it Mm -hmm. was it absolutely was it 1000% was Uh, having texted with you and having talked with you um, I I felt like it was worth it to have the conversation because the reason why we need to have conversations like this is because we need to get to the heart of when things are unintentional so that we will know when they're intentional okay However, we also need to address when things are implanted or when things are there for a specific reason. Um, I don't know that you've done very much, to be honest with me, to, to, to make me believe uh, that there's not a glitch in the way that you think about minorities. That there's not a, that there's not a, a, a glitch in the, what we just had back and forth when I very simply asked you to respect my boundaries or something and you refuse to do it is unbelievably telling to me. It's incredibly telling. And there's a lot of uncomfortability around the room right now because it's a small thing to ask. We've been talking about the N-word. You could have said the N-word. The first time you said it, I let it slide. And then I came back and I was like, Josh, this is a heated conversation. Maybe not. Then I'm going to do this because I need you to go where I need you to go. No, I said I didn't want to go. Okay. So, well, Van, I I apologize that you saw that as a disrespectful move. Mm-hmm. Um, I it wasn't my intention in saying that word to 
push your boundaries that you set. I was only using it in the context of um, this is why the language is important. Mm. And, and because that's the joke, that's the word in the joke, that's what I said. Um, sure. I won't ever say it again on your show. Um, but it was important to me to make the distinguishment that when I'm using language to serve art, uh, I think it's important to quote it the way it was said and mm. to say it the way it was said. Because it, it, I didn't agree with the statement that my father made in that, in that story that I tell and the joke that comes with it. Because it, it, it was directly against someone who you knew and like, like it, it hurt her. And well, and, and the, the joke is the idea that... And we should say... Um, it's satirizing... It's satirizing the idea that I am, as one white person to another, I am correcting the inaccuracy of his racism rather than thwarting racism altogether, right? Of saying, no, this new version is way worse because of terrorism and everything else. I'm mocking white conversations that white people have with other white people. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that that's nuanced, and I understand that the language might prevent people from getting that point, but I'm trying. I'm creating art, and I'm trying, and I'm doing it in a way that I think is snapping people's attention mm -hmm. and challenging them to ask themselves, well, how do I think through things? And sometimes putting people in those uncomfortable places I think is necessary in art. I did not use that word again because I, I was trying to ignore your request. Mm -hmm. I only did it because it was part of that art and it was part of the point I was trying to make. Sure. But I'm, I'm sad that you took it that way. No, 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 no. Listen. And listen, and I'm apologetic, and I could feel your tension, whoa, 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 whoa. and I could tell you wanted to hit me. No, 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 no. No, 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 I mean, no, well, don't. you balled your fist wait, up. No, wait, wait, you balled wait, your fist wait, wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. Like, don't, don't put any violence on me. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, not, like, but the you, same thing Kanye did. Okay. Like, I don't want, like, I don't, I don't want to hit anybody. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, I, I, I asked you to chill. I had to be, you know, shout out to my dad. I had to be stern, but I didn't want to hit anyone. Okay. Well, you looked at me like a guy who was about to. Hey, listen. That's I've, how I've had my ass kicked by people before. Right, I, know, no, I know that that ball no, no, that no, clenched no, no, that no, energy. No, 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 no. Why, well, that, and that it's was, totally valid. That was that was me soaking things down so that I could continue to be um, measured when I speak. But while was no no one's a, once again no one's attacking you. I'm not violent. But but what I will say is this. Though. I'll say what we just said for a second for a second ago is is very important because it, it, you're discussing how. Art, what art and language mean to you, and how you know you convey those things. A couple of things. Number one, if you're on a if you're on a comedy stage and you deliver that, audience kills you. Win. Louis C.K. uses the N word. Not a lot of people have have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Is it uncomfortable when you hear it? Sure. Yeah. It's uncomfortable when you hear it. If you're on stage and that kills, that's it's up to you to be able to to to, to pick out your audience. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel that you need to do that, then that's then then that's fine. But what I will say, though, is that if you tweet something out about the N-word um, or, or you tweet any of these other things that, that you put out there and people um, take you to task, I'm assuming that they've done the, the whole playbook, which is yeah. hit up at anyone who might employ you and... Uh, yeah, it's the whole the whole gamut of things, and and the whole doxing and like let's let's get this person killed, like you said, cancel culture earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was offline or when we started. Cancel culture is something I said, yeah, in another mm -hmm. podcast. But yeah, I, I get what um, you're saying. Yeah, but I I, th I think when we react that way, it just drives us further apart. It just like. But you don't think that you drove us further apart? I might have. Right. I so, <laughs> but but listen. So wait 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 a second. So this is my thing. 
Once again, I, the I reason take, why man, I, I take say, responsibility for I, that. I know. The reason why I say don't throw a brick and hide your hand is because, yo, if I say fuck Cold Stone Creamery and then I go in there and they don't want to sell me no ice cream, the fuck like yeah. it, you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's it's like if you if you if you gonna make that bed man sleep in that motherfucker right yeah you know, and so and so all i'm saying is what, what you said was it, it and let me let me tell you the tweet as the way i understood it uh straight white male is a new n-word that to me displays uh or or um or that displays a fundamental a misunderstanding of what the n-word is first of all and then secondly it's a woe is me card being played by the people who run the country. Now, we can have this conversation between you and I, and I know mm -hmm. that this conversation right here got a little heated. But it's okay, we, I expected that. Right, it, it, we can have this conversation um, because of the fact that I'm not going to get violent with you, Josh, because of the fact that I'm not going to go, yo, this is a piece of shit person. Because of these things, no matter what I think of you, I'm going to have the discourse because it's what I believe in. Yeah. So we can as, have, as do I. That's why I'm here. Right. We, we can have this conversation every single day. But what we can't do is in any way refuse responsibility for what it is that we say. Now, you had, to me, the, the purpose of that statement was plain. It was plain. And even at the end, when you said, what did you say? There was no difference or something like that? I said there was no difference in the usage. And, and really what I meant was when somebody decides to use a term, whatever the term is, to generalize a group of people in a negative context, they're, they're doing it to be dismissive and they're doing it to hurt someone. Hmm. To me, this is an issue that black people deal with in America. I think that we have, um, I think that there are two different understandings. There's an understanding that we have where even the, the, the term of what marginalization means. For you, marginalization means that um, someone blames you for uh, a school shooting or someone says that all white males do the school shootings, all white males are bad for... Uh, I don't even know if I would call that marginalization. Whatever. It's generalization. Generalization, that's fine. Generalization, right? What does that mean for you? Generalization? What, what does it mean for you in the real world? Because well, I, can t I, can tell you what I can tell you what being criminalized means okay, for me. But let me tell you this. Some of it is time in the game. That, that I can't change the history of how things move in mm -hmm. the country or how they've evolved or unfolded to this mm -hmm. point. Um, I don't know that that's not where we're going. I don't know that we're not going to a place where we're just trying to swing the pendulum and we want a new group in power and then we hope to marginalize other people. That's what you said is what a lot of the alt-right thinks is, is their way of, uh, that's why they're holding on to the, to the bootstraps so tightly. Yeah. Um, and you don't think that that's, well, uh, I think, you, don't, you, don't think, you don't think that that's an impractical fear. I do think it's an impractical fear, but I think I'll use your, your language. Mm -hmm. I think saying things like all white people, all white males are a symptom that leads to that fear. Mm -hmm. And that fear creates violence and opposition in this country. Mm -hmm. So it's unnecessary. Right. We shouldn't be generalizing if it creates that at all. Don't give them the stick to beat you with. Mm -hmm. Don't give alt-right wow, Nazis... You've never heard that phrase? No, I get you. But what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is this. Number one... Like, I, I'm, not I, I'm saying we shouldn't be weaponizing right. white supremacists by giving them we don't, the but, same treatment dude, back. Dude, we are not going to... like. <laughs> We're not responsible for what white supremacists think. They've been thinking it forever. We're not like like we. How do we, we get rid of them? 
what how do how do we get rid of them? Yes. We continue to work and we continue to build coalitions. But we don't we don't destroy white supremacy by coddling white people. We don't sub- I didn't do, say that. Well well what I'm what I'm saying is that without any type without people rising up and using their voices there was already white supremacists there was already systemic racism there was already uh the the, the hatred and the rape culture against women there was already hatred and anti-lgbt attitudes out there so not coming forth and being touchy-feely with those people uh to me isn't going to change that at all what i'm saying is what those people the marginalized groups the groups that are oppressed if you want to use it or the groups that have been in danger in America have to do is they have to empower themselves they have to empower themselves no matter whose feelings it hurts if you feel like that because that black people or women or gay people having a voice makes you less powerful I'm not saying that and that's not, that's not I'm not saying that's what you feel but that's what but but that's where you're taking the conversation no I'm not I'm not saying that's what you feel what I'm saying is anyone who thinks that you gotta live with it this country's changing. Yes. And if 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 someone says, yo, straight white males are responsible for this, straight white males are responsible for this, you don't have to take that. You can educate that person without distorting history. But can't we also I'm not trying to distort history. But you did. The tweet did. The tweet is a distortion okay. of history. The tweet the, the 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 tweet is a if you're I think the way, I think the way you described your interpretation of it, I get that. Mm. I think that's fair. All right. So, I don't disagree with it from, from where you're coming from. Right. But I, but I don't want to lose the point you were getting to. Um, I, I think what you're talking about, marginalized people putting in the work to change the dynamics of this country, there can't be an additional sort of aside condemnation to other groups because it's, that's, that's what puts those people in opposition. It's not. You don't think that? No, ever does. a feeling of superiority is what put them in, in in opposition. So when you so when you generalize a group, you don't think they perceive that as were black people generalizing white people in the sixties? Did the Jews that's, generalize that's the Nazis? That's not what we're talking about. No, but, but, those but, are great but, talking points. But, 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 but no, that's not I, what I'm I, talking I'm about. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, you're not in any way going to make women, black people, or gay people responsible. For the people who hate them. Those not, people have been around forever, Josh. That's, you keep saying this point, and that's not the point I'm trying to make. Dog, what you just said, what you just said a second ago was you're creating opposition. No, I'm saying You didn't say that? I'm saying Van. Like, like, wait, wait a second, though. I asked if you thought it creates opposition. <laughs> right. So you're in you're intimating that in some way it does. It doesn't. People that like the, the it it doesn't at all. So you it, think if you cast out a group of our society. Who who's casting who out? Well, that's all by perception. So that's all about perception. So you feel like white, white, straight white males are being cast I, out? No, I think they feel that way. Okay. I think they feel that way. I think that's why groups like the alt-right exist. I think that's how we ended up with Trump. I think that's how they feel. And I don't think anyone should ever give them a reason but the to re- feel that but way. But the reason why they feel that way, Josh, is because they feel... Like there's a birthright that they had that is being taken. Uh, the reason why they feel that way, you if there's a belief, not a belief, that America belongs to a core group of people, right? And in order for me to have more America, they have to have less America. If you, yeah, if, you if you if if, if if I know if you if you feel like right now that that straight white males are being demonized, I, I bet you you don't. You don't feel that way. No, I'm saying we are using that phrase. Mm-hmm. To generalize an entire group of people 
With a negative connotation. A negative connotation. Yeah. So let's, let, let me use your word since demonizes is going too far. If you feel like there is, it's being weaponized to have a negative connotation, mm-hmm. you feel that way. Um, what I would say to you is it's, it's, it's very important that as a straight white male, you demonstrate to people that, um, that that's not true of you mm-hmm. and that's not true of a lot of people. Okay? Because that's your identity. And that's that's a part of who you are, and you need to have that. However, you still have responsibility in the way that you do that. There's still a responsible way to do that. Is there only one right way to do it? No. Okay. No. No. Because I, I think part of the problem is, and, and a big topic in podcasts lately and interviews lately, is we talk about this idea that a group of people are monolithic. That a group of people are only allowed to be one way. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, we we're opening up dialogues and we're engaging dialogue about um the very nuanced ways that black people are not monolithic you know you have people like candace owen with differing views from what a lot of people would assume mm-hmm. and you have that's uh, nothing new okay that uh, but i'm saying that i think at least in what i've been exposed to and in my mm-hmm. in my personal experience i think we're much quicker as a total group to say that white people are this monolithic thing that they are this source of power and evil and corruption and i don't identify with any of those things i don't come from a place of any of those things and so like bro like no one okay there are great white people there are bad white people but there are things about the black experience in america that ring true there are things about the white experience in america that ring true Mm -hmm. um but we think one is is all good and we think one is all bad. No, you feel that way. No, I don't feel that way. So, I'm t- when I say we, I'm talking about what feels like the overwhelming majority of dialogue in this country. Posture. I'm not trying to take a victim posture. You are. Because the, 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 rea- the reality is this. The only, thing that I would, the only thing that I would want from white people, the only thing, is to try to understand the experience of black Americans. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, white Americans don't owe me anything. And I won't be asking for anything. Now, I can't speak for all black people. I can speak for the black people who I know, who are some of the most talented, some of the most ready, prepared people in in the world. And I can speak for the community that I come from. The only thing they want to be able to do is have the freedom to go get it. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to fix our communities and we're going to do, do our thing. But this whole situation that like there's a rise of a feeling that white people are completely and totally evil. No, what's happening is for a long time, the conversation was only had by straight white males, right? So what conversation, any conversation, a like a a conversation of power, a conversation of influence, a conversation of how society goes, a conversation when you're talking about women, or whomever, right? Okay. The only but people, a conversation I have never been invited but to. But what I'm saying is the, the only people talking were straight white males. Mm-hmm. Now, women are talking back to them. Mm-hmm. Black people are talking back to them. And I have a feeling that they don't like what they're hearing. That they don't like hearing that maybe all of those years, the conversation was going in wacky, weird, marginalizing, racist, sexist places. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are going overboard in the response. Sure. There are people like I got into it with the one lady on Twitter that said, "Listen, in order to kind of get rid of um, uh, Patricey, that we would ha- we might have some innocent guys might have to take the bullet." Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. However, I think that there are responsible ways to do everything. But what I will say is, though, is we haven't yet reached the point, to me at least, 
to where but you don't think you don't think statements like that support what I'm saying that I, I don't care if, if innocent men go down in the wake of this movement. You don't think that that puts people on the defensive? I think that they're wrong. And I think like anything else. You, we think, you think the person saying that is wrong? I think that the statement is wrong. Okay. I think okay. that like anything else, we need to discuss it. Yes. But she can't make me more sexist. Right. If I have sexist leanings in my brain, I have to make the decision to attack them. Mm-hmm. I have to make the decision to root them out. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. Everything's cool. And then, oh, fuck bitches now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm mm-hmm. not, like, I'm not, she can't make me more sexist. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and that's, I think, I think thing, that, I think that's indicative of you being a strong-minded person. So you think that it's up to, you think it's up to people to fight these ways, that, no. to fight these wars that are palatable for, 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 the, for, for, for straight white males so that we don't offend them and make them worse. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying that I think you come at that from a place of strength. I think that you are a, I think you're a person who knows himself well enough to take the high road in response to a statement like that, to say that that doesn't have to define me, that that doesn't have to be my place in this discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take on those burdens, right? And I agree. I don't read that and think, well, that affects me. I think about, man, there's a lot of people out there that don't think that way there are a lot of people out there that don't go well that doesn't have to be me there are a lot of people out there it's it's what i what i sent you in a text message Hmm. um this weekend and and i don't know what your response to that was i don't remember but i I had kind of walked you through something that i had i had tweeted with um a friend of mine and I, i said or not tweeted but texted with a friend of mine and i and i had said uh, the end of that statement was like a race or, or a sexuality or anything should never predetermine someone's future. And we like to say that like strength is in not succumbing to negative stereotypes, right? But wouldn't it be better if they just, we just got rid of them, this negative stereotypes? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better if we could just rid society of that so that people who do struggle with those things, who do succumb to those self-fulfilling prophecies, where we, we get that out of the way for them? And so I'm not saying that um, it's not a triumph that for black men that overcome those negative stereotypes or those negative, um, those, uh, those limiting futures, right? And I, and I shared it with you. I said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't want the narrative to become that straight white male's destiny or that they'll either be a racist blogger or a rapist or a school shooter. I, I don't want to create these new uh, uh, sort of oppressive, predetermined racial futures for people in any class. Just the same way that I didn't agree with these, these stereotypical oppressive things that were used to marginalize black people to say that you, know, that you have to avoid a life of crime or do these things because of your heritage, your race. Um, I would rather just remove those. I, I don't want to have to get to a point where, or, or I don't want us to get to a point where we replace one shitty set of guidelines with a new shitty set of guidelines. You know what you don't want? What? You don't want the bullseye on you. Well, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. Well, I, I'm not us, saying, you don't want the bullseye on you. No, I'm, so, saying, I'm so, saying I think for us to get to the future that we all want, we have to not put the bullseye on anybody, Van. No, but there's no bullseye on you, Josh. You're okay. I don't think there is. Okay. Well, but I'm, but I think there is an attempt, Van. I think there's an attempt to put the bullseye on a new place. You're straight, dog. I'm telling you, man. You're okay. If you feel, if you, uh, I'll tell you right now. Outside, like if if you're if you're existing on Twitter, and you're listening to 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 people on Twitter, dude, go out, walk around in the world, walk around in the world. And I've done that. I know you have, man. Listen, what I don't want to see is any situation. 
where people can't express themselves. You, um, what, what, what I'm saying is, if you are afraid of a time when straight white males, or you are, or you are concerned about a time where straight white males are in any way held back, generalized, or whatever, I can tell you right now, we're a long way from that. Mm -hmm. And the best way to make sure that that never happens is to be a part of the solution I to agree. what ails America. I agree. One way that you won't do it, though, is to dig into the wounds of already um, hurt, um, tired, and fed up people by talking about stuff like the N-word. And the reason why I'll say that is because with all due respect, you just don't know what you're talking about. You don't. And if you did, you'd have never said that. The reality about the, 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 the reality is we have to deal as black people with white people so often who don't have the faintest clue what they're talking about and they speak to our experience anyway. And one thing that we have to get rid of if we're going to move forward is that. Mm -hmm. Everything that you said to me, everything that you took from me, Everything that you said to me about your experience and everything like that, it's unique. Most people that probably said stuff to you didn't realize that you were in an interracial relationship before you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, have said well, it. Well, I'm, I'm talking about that was my, my um, experience with my mom. No, my no, mom no. Was in an I know, I know, but you, you are but even I, now. I am now, and I, I have been for most of my life. Right. So, so most people wouldn't have even known that. Most people would have, would have, would have said that. But what I'm saying is, well, and I think it was very, it's very important to me that that comes out in this is that when we say that white people have no idea about the experience, speak to the experience. I think that's true. But I also think there's a varying, there are varying degrees of relatability, right? Some people have more experience, and I don't know. It's up to you to decide if that matters to you. Um, I mean, I'm going based off of the, the input that I've get that I've gotten. Sure, yeah. So, so and that, I'm saying yeah. it's it's up to every black person to determine if it matters to them. Yeah. I can tell you a lot of times uh, when I've tried to elaborate on my story, or I've tried to say like th these are areas where I feel like I can relate, or these are areas where I've been put in a similar position. But what if you're told that you can't? I have been told. That's what I'm saying. I have been told I can't. So if you can't, then take a, take a step back and learn. That's yeah. one. That, that's one thing. That's how you defeat your privilege. One way to you know what? And I'm going to be honest with you. I had to specifically do this with women. Mm -hmm. As a dude, I, I go through puberty. Everything tells me that the right way to relate to women is, is, is in a specific way. The first time I heard the term rape culture, I laughed. Mm -hmm. And I sent around emails, and people were, these emails are still out there, making fun of the term, uh, trying to tear the term down, trying to belittle and, and subtract from it. Because I didn't think that it's such thing as rape culture, as talking to a woman in a certain way, mm -hmm. as, as leering at a woman in a certain way, that those things were tantamount to rape. Yes. After a while, not even after a while, after having a conversation, you have to realize that she's living it and you're trying to understand it. Just let go. Let go. Doesn't mean that you always have to agree with everything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you necessarily even always have to. Some of it you might think is bullshit. But in dealing with this, if we really want a functional society where, where we can get along, the first thing that some of us are going to have to do 
is let go. What I'm trying to get black people to do is let go of maybe some of the things that that we've historically held on to mm-hmm. so that we can grab some other things. But the one what, would be, what, what are some examples? Of that? I, I just think that right. I just think that that, that right now. Uh, black Americans have a little bit more flex, a little bit more power, a little mm-hmm. bit more um, than what than what we're used. There's more to celebrate. That this, well, I mean, we've always had a lot to celebrate, but I'm just saying that right, to, to, that right now we're actually to a point to where there are things, more things that we can control than not. And we're going to have that conversation, like I said, amongst us. But what I'm saying is, if we're trying to involve everyone, when when someone says, "Yo, you're stepping on." my culture, you're stepping on my feelings, just listen. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree, just listen. Now, I will say that you're a brave dude for coming on the podcast today. Well, and that's why I wanted to come here was to do that. Right. To listen to you saying, you know, are, are, are you stepping on the is, culture? Is, is, uh, is every, what, are, what are the latest developments? Are, like, what, what, what's going on? There really are no developments. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than just, you know, the death threats and the, the doxing continues and things like well, that. Well, welcome and to my world. I get those every day. Okay. We have a death um, threat party. Uh, you know, and, and I've, you know what? Um, I don't get to hear about that from black entertainers that are very prominently in the public eye very often. Um, because it's so commonplace that it doesn't really... No, no, I'm just... I, yeah. <laughs> but but nobody, nobody really shares that. And, and, and I want to hear that. Like right. I, because that's something you and I can relate on. Right. That's, that's relatable ground. And, and I would never want you not to share that with me because I'm a white person and you don't think I can relate. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, you get death threats for different reasons. I'm wearing a shirt right now that says Super Duper Black. I yeah. wore it on TMZ today, right? Mm-hmm. People are going to threaten to kill me. And when I was, a, when I was on the TMZ tour bus... I used to do the TMZ tours if, if my past is not pathetic enough. When I was on the TMZ tour bus, um, <laughs> it, when, when I was on the TMZ tour bus, there was a guy who actually said, the schedule on the bus is online. We know where Van's going to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's why I encourage black American gun ownership. But um, like, we know. Like as, we, as do I. Like, like we know where Van's going to be. Life. Yeah. Life. Um, so listen, but, but, but my, I, the reason I came on was because I, you know, I think there's a lot of common ground and mm-hmm. I think if you and I talk more, we'll find that there are a lot more shared experiences that we've both gone through yeah. and that there's a lot of common ground that we've both gone through. I, I don't ever want the color of my skin to prevent you from being willing to relate to me because I would never let the color of your skin keep me from being willing to try to understand where you're coming from. Mm. And, and I hope, you know, I mean that sincerely. Listen, I, well, like, listen, what I think is that at your core, you don't mean any harm. But I would be lying if I didn't think that, Josh, you got some stuff to learn, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I understand that's your opinion. Yeah. I get it. Um, I also don't think that it's, you know, it's easy for everybody to unwrap my process or the way that I think or Fair where I come from. The best I can do is to try to put it into art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sometimes the best I can do is to come on to a show like yours and explain it and discuss it and be willing to. But I'm, I'm always going to stand up for these types of things, no matter how uncomfortable they make me. And, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to come here is because I think when this stuff happens, like white people want to have these conversations with other white people because it's safe. They go into the hole and, and they, they go, you know, well, black Twitter didn't understand me, so white people validate what I... There's a reason this is the first and only thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because the, uh, this conversation is about white and black relations, I wanted to have it with someone that I think has a lot to, to bring to that conversation from the other side of the table. Mm. Well, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on. Thank appreciate you. you. That's it.